You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How's it going, Cheese Kingdom? You're listening to The Great British Cheese Show with myself, Tom Charles. Joining me tonight, I've got Arrowhead Bride's very own Rocky Magania filling in for Brad. Brad talking about not wanting to do a podcast, not wanting to talk about the Chiefs. I don't think he's over the loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. On this week's show, we're of course going to mention the Cincinnati Bengals and the heartbreaking loss that the Chiefs suffered on Sunday night, even though you could probably argue they brought it on themselves. Uh, we look at Tom Brady's retirement and all the other things in the NFL, try and make ourselves feel a little bit better, I suppose. But first, Rocky, the Washington Commandos. What's your initial thoughts? Uh, I mean, they they had something that was that was really offensive in the past. And so then they said, you know what? We're just going to go with the most bland piece mm-hmm. of toast name we yep. can think of. We don't want to have any sort of, you know, controversy whatsoever. So we're just going to throw you know, a generic video game, you know, football, <laughs> football team. It's like, it's like, you know, back in the day when the football games didn't have the NFL licensing. And yeah. so they had to have those fill in names. That's yeah, what, yeah. that's what the commanders is. You know, you had like the Kansas city generals and now you have the Washington commanders, you know? Yeah. yeah there's, it's funny. You mentioned that there's a game, a, a soccer game called pro evolution soccer, and they've never had the rights like EA sports to like the FIFA game do to teams. So like my club, Arsenal, they're on there. They're called North London red. Or you've got like Manchester Blue, Manchester Red. And that sounds like similar to what the, the Washington have gone with. I don't know why they didn't stick with Washington football team because I think everyone had kind of got used to it at this point. Um, it was different to say the least. Or if they were going to change their name, maybe go down like the hog route or something. But Commanders is just so... When I heard that it was Commanders, I just thought, how boring is that? And then I saw the logo and and the uniforms i just do you know what rocky do you know what really annoys me about life uh is people getting paid to do a job and people getting paid very handsomely to do a job that they're not very good at and i just cannot believe that the washington football team or now the washington commanders actually paid someone to design their logos like i genuinely believe that me and you could have done a better job with their logos like i feel like they've just picked someone from like a junior college like a graphic student from a junior college over here we call them b-tech students just a junior college student and said right can you do this because that's the level of quality of the logo i just i just cannot get over how boring this whole washington thing is It, it just pretty much sums up that whole team well i mean two things about this whole situation one, yes, I agree with the logo. It definitely looked like somebody's class project, you <laughs> yeah. know, and you had to bring it up in front of the classroom. But on that note, whoever made a lot of money by doing the least amount of work possible 
bravo to you yeah I yeah, suppose. yeah. You, you pulled one over on a very wealthy organization who has a history of doing bad things and so you know what yeah you, you robin hooded the the crud out of them on that one and you took the money and i hope you use it for good you know go and donate to a soup kitchen or take your girlfriend out out to a nice dinner with that money and tell her how you did it don't hate Number- the player Hate the game, hate the, I suppose. Exactly. Don't yeah, let the I hate the game I, on that one. I suppose um, when you look at it that way, P- Brad gets paid to give his opinions on this show, which in itself is pretty crazy. The people that <laughs> he gets paid to podcast, which is that's that's a little bit that's a little bit mental in itself. Um, that wasn't the only big NFL news of the last couple of days. Um, obviously, a certain player retired, Tom Brady, the goat. I think there's no question in that now has retired what was your initial thought when he eventually confirmed his retirement yeah i mean you always knew he was actually gonna retire he was just mad that somebody else said it and not him yeah, yeah. um the the biggest thing that stuck out was how much he went out of his way to thank the bucks as a in, in thinking the bucks what he was really was saying was patriots i don't thank you Bill Belichick, I don't thank you. Like, I'm, I'm going to thank all these other people. I'm going to specifically mention every single staff member, the concessions people at Raymond James Stadium and how wonderful they are yeah. so that I don't have to mention anything about the Patriots. Um, and so when you, when you read about the rumors of how bad things got there at the end of his tenure in New England, I mean, he all but just confirmed it, yeah. you know, right there. And I've never been a big Brady fan. I obviously he's the most successful quarterback in the history of the NFL. I do think that he had one specific game plan that was his Achilles heel throughout his entire career. And you saw that with in the Super Bowl when they lost to the Giants, and you saw that against the Los Angeles Rams. If you have elite defensive tackles and you give him pressure up the middle, that's when he started looking normal because he can't throw on the run. That all being said, that all being said. He has seven Super Bowls and nobody else has seven Super Bowls. He has every single stat, you know? And so I don't like the guy. I don't like him as a quarterback. He's the greatest of all time, though. I'm happy he's out of the league. And actually, now that he's retired, I like him more. I like him more now that he's not playing than when he than when he was playing. I'm that <laughs> prototypical Brady hater, I think, that you get frustrated so, with. So, do you know what? Because – Brad is like the the biggest hater of Brady I know, and like I was already gearing myself up for this conversation to have with him, and then unfortunately he had to drop out of the show at the last minute, and because like he will just not entertain a conversation about Brady that praises him, he just won't have it. And you just said something there, which is like the prototypical anti-Brady argument, like the reason why he's not like as good as people say it's like oh if you get pressure through the middle if you the tackles hold him in the pocket and you get pressure through the middle then he's not very good find me any quarterback that he's, can handle like elite interior pressure it's just like that whole those two giants defeats against steve spagnuolo's defense and then in the second one when mario manningham pulled off a miracle catch as well they have blown Brady's flaws so out of proportion that, that you can't people cannot accept that how good he was for the rest of he won seven Super Bowls seven but, of them and yes you can say oh the defense carried him on some of them but of course it's a team game and of course he's gonna he's gonna benefit from the team playing well but he was still the constant 
He won seven Super Bowls. He won six of them in New England. And then he went to Tampa Bay and took that roster from, what, seven and nine to the Super Bowl in one year. Like, people like to tarnish him too much, I think, for those sort of things. Well, listen, I'm not... I'm, I don't begrudge the man for his on-field play. I, his on-field play was amazing. One of his, his greatest feat was early in his career, he was the prototypical game manager quarterback, mm-hmm. and he transformed himself from a game manager quarterback to a guy who goes out there and carries the entire franchise yeah. and, and wins championships. But I will say this about people blowing his flaws out of proportion. Us people who don't like him have to blow his flaws out of proportion because the people who love him blow his greatness out of proportion. The man walks on. There, there is no middle ground with Brady. The man either walks on water or he's the devil in the garden himself. You know, there's, yeah. there's no just like, you know, Apostle Peter, who's kind of mm-hmm. good, kind of bad sometimes and just a normal dude. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's he, he's just he's one or the other, man. So if you could take away one of his rings, which one would you take away? 2018 or 2020? I would take, oh, man. Would you rather last year's team repeat or Mahomes win it in his rookie year? I'm taking away last year because that was a head-to-head in the Super Bowl and not a championship, AFC championship game to get to the Super Bowl. I think we would have won if we would that year if we would have made it to the Super Bowl. But I'm taking away last year, especially because it was here where I live in Tampa, so it's here in the town, and I have to hear about it yeah. all the time, about how the Bucks beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So yeah. I would literally probably – I mean, I'd, give you, I'd chop off my left arm and just hand it to you to take back that Chiefs loss in the yeah. Super Bowl. I suppose that had more of um, a knock-on effect into this season as well because everyone saw what could happen with um, that offensive line and whether you get – pressure with four you can see what happens to the Chiefs and that kind of rolled into this season and affected the season early on um but I'm I'm guided Brady's retired I'm not gonna lie uh I am a fan I am a fan of Brady I can hear people switching off and saying I've had enough of this guy already but um I am a big Brady fan and um I'm a little bit guided I'm not gonna lie and I wish him all the I wish him the best of luck in his retirement I'm sure he's going to be on our screens before we know it as an analyst, and um, yeah, he's quite an entertaining guy. I, but he's, he's in a sort of mold to Peyton Manning. He's quite funny himself. So yeah, I expect to see Brady sometime soon. Right, that leads us on to our next conversation. So Mahomes was in a prime position to put himself into his third Super Bowl in three years on Sunday night when the Chiefs were leading the Cincinnati Bengals 21-3, and then we imploded. On Sunday, you got to do the post-game show on, on on Sunday. I do not envy you at all with that one because I think if I got put in front of a mic on Sunday evening, it would have just been not fit for radio at all because I was that angry. How are you feeling three days later after the fact? Are you still just as mad as you were? Getting to do the post-game show is a generous term, Tom. <laughs> you know? <laughs> there's, there's a difference between getting to do something and having to fulfill your responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, three days later, not great, not great at all. Um, I still haven't gone back and watched any game film of it. I haven't listened to any other, you know, around the NFL podcast or national mm-hmm. media talking about the game. Um, I'm kind of at the place where I just want to bury the tape. I know it went wrong yeah, and I don't like it. It hurts. It hurts because it's one of those things where, you know, when you were a kid, and you did something bad that you knew you shouldn't have done. And you you knew that you were in trouble and you went to your parents and your mom said, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Yeah. 
that's that's how I think the Chiefs fan base feels. Is that like I'm not really mad at them. I understand. Like I don't think you went out there and lost on purpose, but I'm disappointed that you didn't play to your abilities. I'm disappointed that you didn't just take what was there. Like you had the game in front of you and you just didn't take it. Yeah. And that, I think that's what hurts, you know. So that's where I'm at. See, I get that point of view, like the whole not being mad, but I I I am furious. I, I am mad. I, I <laughs> cannot believe that the Chiefs enabled, well, not enabled, they allowed for the exact same game to play out as week 17 because it was basically the same. Every every adjustment that the Bengals seemed to make at halftime of week 17 was the same adjustment they seemed to make on Sunday. And yet, yet again, the Chiefs, failed to have a counter for it. We saw it last year against the Bucks in the Super Bowl. We went into Tampa Bay in week 10 of last year, blew them apart in the first half. They changed things up in the second half and they went with a new game plan and they were more solid, to be fair, the Bucks. And so they took that game plan into the Super Bowl and the Chiefs failed to recognise that's what they've done. And that's what, that's what I'm so mad about, about this Chiefs team, is... For as good as they are, their plan B, plan A is excellent, but their plan B is non-existent. And that's what we saw an example of on Sunday. When shit hit the fan, excuse my language, the Chiefs failed to make an adjustment. And we've seen it far too many times out of Andy Reid and Steve Spagnolo. And that's where my frustrations lie. Yes, Mahomes wasn't very good. In fact, he was a big reason why we lost this game. But once again, in a big spot, coaching, but as good as they are in some regards, massively let them down on Sunday. Well, 100%. And, Tom, I don't know why you, you insist on doing this to me. I'm sitting here trying to take the high road and say I'm not angry. And you sit here and you list reasons why I'm mad that we lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yes, 100% yes. Yeah, you had the ball. In, at, in the six-yard line and you don't hand it off once. Like, just run the ball. You were running the ball the first, whole first half with success, and you didn't run the ball at all. Um, Spagnolo does not learn from his from his past mistakes. And like you said, everybody has a plan until you get hit in the mouth. Yeah. And when the Chiefs got hit in the mouth, they just sat there and looked at you stunned, you know, and just yeah. dropped their hands at their side, which is not the sort of thing you see out of a championship quality team if i'm being honest you know that's not something you see out of championship competitors um and the the idea that that our front four they were getting pressure that they like they just forgot how to tackle man like it's nothing difficult like chris jones had joe burrow in his clutches Mm -hmm. twice in huge situations you want to be called stone cold sack nation yeah you got to finish those plays then you know you don't get nicknames if you don't finish the play and that's exactly. just how it is exactly well even tony, so you get Roman, back. tony Roman yeah, brought ahead. it up in his like game highlights like one of his things was finish joe burrow and i thought that was a bit rude you know to finish no because it said finish off joe burrow and i was thinking that's a bit <laughs> that's a bit blue that's a bit x-rated yeah. there but um yeah. they had opportunities to get the sacks but unfortunately they failed you touched on it a minute ago you you brought up the the end of first half sequence and where do you stand on on that i was personally i was absolutely fine with them going for it uh, on with five seconds to go i thought you had time to give one more shot at the end zone because knowing that an incomplete pass 
would have resulted in maybe a second being left on the clock and then and then you get the opportunity to to go for three points there so where do you lie on that one are you angry with the decision or the play call um honestly neither i'm i'm angry with the decision on the field by patrick mahomes because the the play call he's supposed to look at it throw and go go to the receiver in the end zone if it's not there throw it away and he decided to get greedy and throw it to tyreek hill in the flats and try to see if he can make something happen he thought that he could do that all within five seconds, which you can't. When I saw that play during the game, the first thing that jumped to my mind is that's a Derek Carr play. Like that's a Derek yeah. Carr play through and through. Like it's not smart football. You had receivers in the end zone on that play. If they're not open, you chuck it into the stands and kick the three points and go into and go into the half. But, but why have you got? It, Ty- but why have you got Tyreek Hill anyway? Running, running that route. If Tyreek Hill's your best receiver, he's not your best pass catcher. He's your best receiver. Why isn't he running into the end zone? Why isn't he becoming an option? We've seen Tyreek Hill in the past, who's fairly he's fairly he's a strong boy. He's quite good in contested catches. Yes, he every now and then he he makes an error, balls pop up in the air. But in general, when he has to contest for a catch, he's pretty good at it. So why are we why are we running Tyreek Hill on, on this sweep motion to throw him in the flats? Like that play, as you said, that wasn't an option. The play. Why are we wasting Tyreek Hill in those opportunities? I didn't like the play call personally. I think they should have gone four wide. Just have have Jarek McKinnon in there as uh, pass protection, or even you go if, even if you go empty and just throw a shot immediately. Aim at someone's feet, like we've seen him do with Travis Kelsey in the past. Aim towards his feet, let him go down and get it. If it doesn't come off, that's fine. The ball's dead with two seconds, one second to go, and then we kick the field goal. I just think personally, the knock-on effect from from that decision and and that really just like took the wind out the chief sails at a point when they were absolutely flying. They would have gone into the half 24-10 up at the minimum, two scores. If they could add to it after the half, then you're talking 14-17, potentially a 21-point game, and then you'd like to think it was over and done with. But something happened with that particular play call where the Bengals thought that they had that win and it just knocked the Chiefs for six. I've never seen a single play call and a single set of se- like series affect Mahomes and the Chiefs as much as that one uh, series did. Well, because it gave the Bengals the confidence that they belonged and that they were still in the game. Yeah. You know, you know, it made them, you know, that was the victory that they needed. And you don't want a momentum shift, you know, going into half immediately at that, you know, right before halftime. And and with the play call, yeah, you're right. It could have been a better play call. I'm sure if you ask Andy Reid, he he probably would have said that he was using Tyreek Hill as a diversion to draw a defender away to open up something. Stop overthinking it. Stop overthinking yeah. it. Go, like you said, I, I much would have preferred four wide, couple quick slants, going going inside. Yeah. If they're not there, then you know have a couple out patterns, something. Just look at them fast. If they're not there, quick hitters, throw the ball away. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, because then at least you get three. You're extending your lead, and if we get that three points. We don't go to overtime. I mean, hindsight's fifty fifty, but we win the game if we just take three there. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. How did you feel the um? last play the last sequence of the uh regulation when do you think they were too timid themselves or do you think they were do you, do you not think they were aggressive enough or do you think they were playing for overtime as a minimum i definitely think they were playing for overtime as a minimum they didn't <clears throat> they didn't go for it um i think that reed tried to get cute and run the clock down a little mm. bit too much um you don't want to leave a lot of time on the clock for joe burrow in that situation but also if you're going to be running the clock down, 
then run the ball. Like yeah. run the ball. Like you, the one thing you can't do there is go backwards. And that's all they did on that, on mm-hmm. that possession. And it's, it's mind numbing to me. You know, you have, you have um, Clyde Everett Hilaire who's running angry the yeah. entire first half and just, you know, breaking tackles and looking really, really good. Looking like a guy who wants to make a name for himself in a big game. And you don't ride the hot hand for the rest of the game. I mean, after the after the first half, he was just gone. Like he just disappeared. Like like I was expecting Liam Neeson to come out in the field and stop the game and say and do his whole taken speech and say Clyde Edwards Alaire <laughs> has been taken. But yeah. don't worry, I have a set of special skills that I'm going to yeah. get it back for you because he just disappeared, man. Yeah, I, I I'm with you there. For whatever reason, they decided to that the run game wasn't good enough in the second half. Like you've got the Bengals rushing free passes, dropping eight into coverage at like, was it 70% of the time? And you're still not running the football on that, on that front. I just, I, I, I don't know. The more I think about it, the angrier I get. Right. So we'll take a quick break. Then when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more Bengals. We'll talk about the Super Bowl quickly. And then we're going to try and come up with positives from this season gone. Okay. See you in a minute. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Great British Chew Show with myself, Tom Childs and Rocky Magania. Rocky, it's criminal that the Bengals have been allowed to get out of the AFC. Yeah, yeah, it is. They they weren't even close to the best team, you know, in the AFC. And unfortunately, I almost feel like I wish I would have lost to the Bills instead of the Bengals. I could have stomached that that yeah. game and that loss a little bit more. And then I think if that would have happened, that the Bengals wouldn't be in the Super Bowl right now. Yeah. Like it's nothing against the Bengals personally. I think they're a like a fun team to watch. They're they're a good team. They are a solid team. But in a year where we've talked about how loaded the AFC is, and we're talking about all these teams that was involved in the playoff mix, like you had what 10 teams in the playoff mix going into the final game of the season. It just doesn't sit right with me that the Bengals of all teams are the teams representing the AOC in the Super Bowl. Like, I know a Rams fan, and he's pinching himself right now. He cannot believe that he managed the, his Rams managed to avoid the Chiefs and the Bills. The Bengals in the Super Bowl, they lost to the Browns twice. They lost to the Jets. They lost to the Bears this season. They are woefully inconsistent, and they were just like, like fair play to them. They got their business done in the playoffs but they weren't massively convincing 
doing it and i just i i my friends are calling me like they're calling me sour and saying i'm bitter but i just don't understand how this team how the afc allowed this cincinnati Bengals team to make the super bowl i still three days later cannot get my head around it no um it's one of those things where i i i'm kind of pulling for the Bengals. i want to see the Bengals beat the rams um just because if it's not going to be the Chiefs, then the then the snide and contemptuous side of me just wants to watch the whole thing burn and watch, <laughs> you know, and, and and say this is what this is what the world deserves is a Bengals is a Bengals world champion. Um, but yeah, they they were a wildly inconsistent team. But at the same time, think about streaky teams are if they get hot, they get hot, you know, yeah. and and the Bengals got their own version of hot. I don't think that the best. Bengals team beats a Chiefs team that's playing even at 88% capacity. You know, I think that the Chiefs are that much better of a team than the Bengals, but two shots to beat the Bengals this year and the Chiefs came up short in both of them. So, I mean, at some point, I guess you are what your record is. And for all the bad losses they had, they had some really good wins in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, so I suppose I'm, I'm sure Bengals fans do not give a damn about what I think. <laughs> they're, 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 in cloud, they're in cloud nine right now. They're in heaven. They don't they don't care what Chiefs fans think. They all they care about is the fact that they're going to the Super Bowl in two weeks' time and and we're not. I've actually I'm actually pulling for the Rams because I put a bet on the Rams to win the Super Bowl the day they tra- traded for Matt Stafford. So I got I got 14 to one what was plus fifteen hundred in in your guys' terms. So yeah I stand to win about three hundred dollars if um if the Chiefs win the Super, if the Rams win the Super Bowl, so I'm I'm pulling for the Rams that night. I'm pulling for I'm pulling for Matt Stafford. I'm pulling for Jalen Ramsey, and more importantly, I'm pulling for Aaron Donald because there are far too many generational defensive talents that do not win the Super Bowl because their their position is not seen uh, deemed as value. Like we see a lot of quarterbacks that don't win the Super Bowl, but like, there's a lot of really good defensive players that don't even make it to the Super Bowl. And Aaron Donald, uh, he's playing his second now. I think he deserves to to win that Super Bowl, right? He's, he's already a Hall of Famer anyway. But he's, he's really if he be, if he beats the um, beats the Bengals next week, then he's really going to cement his legacy. And probably the same with Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford goes to a new city, wins the Super Bowl with all the yards that he's going to get, all the records that he's potentially going to get as well. You're looking at a potential another Hall of Famer there. And more importantly, the more quarterbacks that do make it into that bracket of Hall of Fame like Matt Stafford, the less chance that Philip Rivers has of making that the Hall of Fame as well. So I'm, I'm fully on board the Matt Stafford uh, of us at the moment. Your final point is the most important point. Anything <laughs> yeah. we could do to keep Philip Rivers out of the Hall of Fame, I am for. Um, I will say this, all your points other than that were, you know, why these uh, millionaire football players deserve what they deserve. I'm saying I'm pulling for the Bengals also, because what about the city of Cincinnati? What is the city of Cincinnati deserves? Those fans, the ones who, who are actual true Bengals fans, I'll give it up to them. They have been through some heartbreak and some really, really, really bad football in their lives. And as a Chiefs fan, I can appreciate that. And I got to feel like Bengals fans right now are feeling like we were feeling right before we went to the Super Bowl, you know? And it's like – this might be their only shot. Like, there's no guarantee you're getting back. You know, everybody mm. wants to talk about a dynasty and all that. We as Chiefs fans know it's a lot harder 
than it looks to get to get back and do it again once you've done it once. So if you have that shot to get it once, it's a one game winner take all situation. And so I think people of Cincinnati, I feel your pain. You know, the city of Cincinnati and Kansas City and every other Midwest city, they kind of all get pushed by the wayside by the national media for the for the for the east coast and west coast bias i don't feel bad for the city of los angeles i don't think the city of los angeles is short on championships or short on recognition or anything like that but i do see the city of cincinnati and i say i see you man and i want you guys to get a championship because tell me one championship that the city of cincinnati has ever had i I can't (laughs) i can't i i know i know they lost the um college football (laughs) <laughs> final yeah. a month ago so they're gonna have to deal with two heartbreaking defeats in the space of a month my point overall point is though rocky there's i care more about my wallet than i do the people of cincinnati so um <laughs> unless unless the people of cincinnati want to want to come together and make a go fund me to to make up for the the losses in my bet unfortunately i'm going to support the uh the rams on super bowl night who do you think will win though I think the Rams are going to win. Um, I'm pulling. I'm pulling for the Bengals. I think you know Joe Burrow's a feisty guy. He really is. I mean, he he never had the tools to be the first overall pick, but yet he's got the mentality that you that you want to see in a, in a championship quarterback. And they have the they they have weapons. They have weapons to to run and score with with the uh, with the Rams. The issue is on defense, man. I just I like like the Rams defense is just so much more superior and i mean aaron donald and von miller in themselves are better than anything i think that they've seen this year i think that might be the best front four in football yeah you know with those with just with those two guys alone and then you throw in jalen ramsey you know they're on there in in the secondary i don't eric weddle's corpse (laughs) as well he's back there yeah eric weddle's corpse still (laughs) there yeah that's true he's back there no no you are right that that defensive line should be able to uh dominate the the Bengals offensive line like the Titans did um unfortunately the Chiefs couldn't do that but let's stop talking about that game so I, I'm going I'm going for a, a Rams win myself and that's what I'm pulling for I think it'd be quite comfortable to be honest as well but then again these Bengals they're feisty they when they when it all seems like it's going against them they managed to find a way so we're going to turn it back to the Chiefs quickly before we get out of here we I said to you before this was going to be a shorter show because we don't want to sit here and mull over the loss on Sunday. We don't want to talk too much because I think we're just all a bit drained from, from the Chiefs at the moment. We're still in that Malay stage from the game. And yeah, we just don't want to get out of it. I want to crack open a couple of beers. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know how it is. Um, so I just want to touch on the season in general. What's been your overriding opinion of how things have gone because I've got one and I want to know where you sit because my opinion of this season isn't exactly the greatest. Oh, I think this season is a failure. I think that anytime you come in with the stated goal that they put on themselves of winning the championship and taking it back and you don't achieve it. And then, then it's a failure. But I think overall this team was wildly inconsistent mm-hmm. and they have a very top heavy roster. Like, yeah. like, like we, like as fans, we like to think that some of these other guys like, you know, the DeAndre Bakers and Mike Hughes of the world and the Callan Sanders and all these other guys are, are NFL quality, good players who, you know, but we're, we're looking at it through rose colored glasses. 
There's a reason yeah. why these guys weren't on other teams or the teams that they were on didn't want them anymore. And the teams that didn't want them, the Giants and the and the Vikings aren't exactly world beaters. You no. know what I mean? And so, I mean, we have some real stars on our team, but I mean, it's so top heavy that that we got to find a way to balance it out. Otherwise, I think we're just in we're in for inconsistency year in, year out, because when you're when you rely on three or four players every single week, if those three or four guys don't come through, mm. then you sit there and you, you see a lot of what we had earlier this year, you know? Yeah. See, your your, your uh, assessment of the season is probably a bit kinder than mine. Um, I think this season has been a chore. Like, I, I, I genuinely believe that this season has been hard work to to follow this team and uh, people will go oh, well how ungrateful are you your team made the AFC championship game for the four, fourth year in a row but in general it's been it's been tough at times being a fan of this team like the, the target was painted on the Chiefs back the moment that Patrick Mahomes said that we could go 20 and 0 <laughs> from that point in he's like we're doomed we're like we're not doomed like in the sense of when we're going to be terrible but Teams were going to look at that and not only use that, but the Chiefs all of a sudden started becoming a little bit more hated. And then you've got the Tyron Matthew, you've got the Anthony Hitchens social media comments uh, oh midway through the season when things were going bad. You've got the team failing to perform in some games. You've got the offense being bad. You've got the defense starting off the season like historically historically bad you've got the jackson mahomes sean taylor thing in washington it's just been constantly like hard work this season like we made hard work of the giants we made hard work of the broncos we made hard work of the packers when they didn't have aaron Rodgers. like it's just been so inconsistent and it's like and it typified what we saw on sunday we saw an amazing first 29 minutes and 50 seconds but then from then on it, it out, it was bad. It was really, really bad. Yes, we've had some great parts of this season. The Raiders away game, the Chargers game in LA, the Buffalo game, all high points we will think of fondly when we're looking back at the season. But we're talking about three games of, 90, of 20, three of 20 games, which were really good. Probably throw in the Steelers game as well. But ever since... That Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fumble against the Ravens in week two. The season took a dive and it all went downhill from there and it spiraled out of control. And yes, they recovered for a little while and went on a stretch. But in general, I don't feel like they ever got their mojo back truly to the point where they thought they were coming into the season. Well, yeah, and I think I think one of the Chiefs' biggest problems this year, and I think it was also last year too, and something that they really need to look in the mirror and get over, is that they're good but you're not as good as you think you are. I agree with and, that. And that's the issue. You can't, you can't, you can't just, you know, sleepwalk through parts of the game and think that your talent's going to carry you through. You can't sit there and say, Oh, as a coach, sit there and say, Oh, well, we're good enough that my scheme's going to come through. It doesn't yeah. despite what other people are doing or despite the fact that Dan Sorensen, you know, is walking around out there like somebody who's, who's, you know, just out of, who's just lost his way. And yeah, has, yeah, yeah. has no idea where he's going. Um, there's, I mean, yeah, you're not as good as you think you are chiefs and, and you needed a slice of humble pie. And we thought you got that in the last Super Bowl, but you got it early this year. You recovered for a little bit. And then 
and then now you got it again. So I, it's the question, the answer is really on the question is really on them. Like, what are you going to do now? Because, because what you're doing now isn't good enough. Like it's mm-hmm. not good enough. You thought you were the best, but honestly, you're not good enough. No. And that's the problem. You've got to get better across the board. Um, and I, it starts with Andy Reed. Like Andy Reed has to set the tone there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you think there's a, do you think I, I've got this opinion that I think there's a severe lack of accountability in the Chiefs? I can see that. I, I think that I think there's too much loyalty. Yeah, there is. Well, especially from Steve Spagnolo, I think, on the defensive side yeah. of the ball, I think that there's massive issues with loyalty. I think that he finds guys that he likes or he finds guys that he doesn't like. He forms an opinion and he sticks with that opinion. Yeah. And it takes four losses in a row before he'll even entertain changing his opinion. And at that yeah. point, your season's down the drain. Yeah, and yeah. that's you can't have that at this level of football and this level of competition across the board. And I think as far as Andy Reid goes, he's a player's coach and the players love him. But at the same time, he never he he never really calls out the players, you know, for their issues either, or really holds them accountable for for their mistakes. It it doesn't seem, at least in front of people. Um, and I don't I, know about you. I would you. argue that Andy reads the same when it comes to his coaches. I would say the same that he is the same when he comes to coaches. I think yeah. that's one hundred percent correct. And I think that you saw you saw that a little bit early in the season when people were just they were just all over the place, missing their assignments left and right. And he just Mm -hmm. kept on saying, Oh, well, we have to do better and we're going to get better. And we're going to, you know, they have to, like, you can say it all you want. That's kind of like Tyron Matthews saying that he's the greatest football player in the world. And he has the heart of a champion. I'm sure he has the heart of a champion, but your performance on the field is not the greatest football player in the world, you know? And I think you're a quality football player, but you're also, you know, on the wrong side of 30 and your play is not where it used to be. And so are you a starter in the NFL? Yes. Are you a leader in the locker room? Yes. But your play on the field this year did not back up the words you said on social media and the words you said on social media also at times, at times were very offensive to the people who support you, yeah. you know, and targeted and you, you tried to use negativity as your fuel for success. And I'm personally, I'm a pretty positive guy and I don't like, I don't like trying to use negativity as my sole fuel for success on the field. You know, I would rather try to look at the positives and try to use that and, and playing well and, and, and growing, you know, through, through, you know, positive performances on the field, as opposed to getting on Twitter and finding five or six mean things that somebody said about me and saying, I'm going to show them wrong. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just ignore the hundred compliments to find the one. Uh, yeah, one bit of disrespect. Um, I think Tyron Matthews gone. Um, I know we're going off a tangent. I think it's obvious from uh, his comments, from Brett Beach's comments, they just can't meet on a figure. I think they're probably miles apart. And right now, based on what we saw this year, I probably side with Brett Beach on this one. We've, we, we talked, we've talked about being a top heavy roster. We do need to get more balance. Yes, Tyron Matthew will absolutely be missed. And what he brought to this city and what he brought to this team has been invaluable, but it has run his course. The same with Frank Clark. Frank Clark, he was very good for the, for the first year he was here. That that obviously that that postseason run, he was excellent. But again, another player not living up to his, probably his contract and potentially the hype around him as well. So here be gone. It'd be interesting to see what happens um, with the Chiefs roster. But I'm more interested to see if anything happens with the coaching team, the staff, because I think it's probably time and. This may be controversial. But I think it might be time to move on from Eric Bieniemy. 
because yeah, yeah I, there's a reason he's not getting head coaching gigs. There has to be a reason. And I'm speculating here. Is it because uh, do people wonder about what is his true value? Is is the Chiefs offense Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and then Eric Bieniemy is just kind of like a guy? Is that why when he's coming to in- interviews, why he's not getting hired? Like I am speculating here, but maybe we've seen at times this offense has needed a plan B. We need to change things up. Maybe we need a stronger guy underneath Andy Reid to potentially challenge him like we don't want to lose people like Mike Kafka like there is a cycle with Andy Reid you become an OC you get a head coaching gig then he brings the next guy up we saw it with Doug Peterson we saw it with Matt Nagy and we were expecting it to happen with Eric Bieniemy, and it hasn't happened he's been the coordinator of what for three four years now and he's still not getting that gig maybe it's time for Eric Bieniemy to move on for himself and prove as an OC elsewhere before that head coaching gig. And maybe the Chiefs on offense could do with a fresh set of eyes in a more powerful position. And maybe that will be Mike Kafka. Maybe he's the next one in the Andy Reid cycle. Um, I'm not with you on moving on from Eric Bieniemy, uh, but I, I see where you're coming from on it. I tend to think that some of Eric Bieniemy's um, issues with com- becoming a head coach have more to do with some of the similar um, uh, things that Brian Flores has brought to the foreground okay, in the last couple entire, in the last entire, couple of days. That's entirely fair that, as well. I think I think that for certain people um, who have you know we'll call them not red flags but pink flags, right? If you're Dan Quinn, your pink flags become white become wider as you yep. go on. But for Eric Bieniemy, those pink flags turn redder. You know what I mean? And through something that's totally not has no control over other than the fact that, you know, that, you know, he's he's a human being and he is he has gone to multiple, you know, AFC championships and won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And Andy Reid has come out and said that he does call the plays, you know, and so for better or worse, that loss does hang on him for the play calling. Yeah, I do think Um, one of there is a bit of a catch 22 for the Eric B enemy um, naysayers out there for head coaching. Um, they'll say, they'll say that, okay, well, Eric B enemy can't be a head coach because he doesn't call his own plays. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, but then if you're going to be a head coach, they say, Oh, you need an offensive coordinator that calls your own plays. Right. So yeah. if you're, and so, and so if he's the head coach, he's not going to be calling the plays, you know, in a perfect world, but yet he can't become a head coach because he's not calling the plays. Yeah. Okay. And, and so even though well, it's like the whole Matt Nagy thing, when, do you remember when Matt Nagy got hired for the Chicago bears job, it was that, that off seat, that season leading up to it, it, do you remember it was the controversy did like Andy Reid actually give responsibility to Matt Nagy and then did he take yeah. it back? So no one really knew what was going on there in, in, in that cycle of it was, was it Matt Nagy? Was it Andy Reid? I, I, I'm purely speculating about Eric Bieniemy and re, a potential reason why he hasn't been hired. Again, like what you just said about the Brian Flores thing, that wouldn't surprise me either. I, 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 I I'm not going to sit here and call out a single organization but it, in the world that we live in, and we know how nasty and how cruel this world can be, it wouldn't surprise me if if Brian Flores' accusations are entirely 
right and they and he gets proven that way and maybe that is the reason for eric the enemy but i'm just looking at as this as as the andy reed cycle as what we've seen in the past the three four year cycle of the constantly changing an oc maybe that's what we need from the chiefs going into the season but i think we're going to disagree on that one well i mean i i i don't disagree with you that there may need to be some new blood from a play caller standpoint and from an office of coordinator standpoint mm-hmm. i just i i think i disagree about the idea of, of why eric Bieniemy hasn't got a head coaching job yeah. that yeah. doesn't mean that he that it's not time for him to move on to, to a different pasture and for the chiefs to switch things up i can i can definitely agree with you on that point um i think i would lean more towards switching out spags before I switched out Eric Bieniemy, um, just do, I think it both. Spe- do them both. Get them both. Oh yeah! <laughs> if I'm being honest, I think Spagnuolo is a one-trick pony, and it's a it's an effective trick where he brings blitzes from left, right, front, center, upside down, you know, everywhere. But that's his that's his game plan. His yeah. game plan is to bring pressure via the blitz, and if that's not working then the chiefs are going to put a, give up a bunch of points. And yeah. that's not a, that's not, that's not an excellent defensive mind. That's a guy who tells people to go run it, go run at the quarterback. <laughs> you know, honestly, if you break it, if you simplify it down to it's, you know, to the very basic thing, you're just telling them to run at the quarterback. Like everybody run at the quarterback. Like, I'm sorry. I want, I want a little bit more out of my defensive coordinator. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Well, it will be an interesting off season. That is for sure. We have to keep an eye on it here at our head pride. And I'm sure we will do. Right, that's all we've got time for, I'm afraid. I've got kids to put to bed and I've got beers to drink. So, you know, uh, life gets in the way, shall we say. Um, I feel slightly better, Rocky, after talking to you. I still don't feel great. Um, I still won't be watching any highlights from Chiefs Bengals. I probably won't be reading much content as well because <laughs> the Chiefs Bengals. But thank you so much for coming on. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Um, your This was your hat-trick appearance now, wasn't it? Your third appearance yeah, on, this is the great Richard show. Yeah, this is the three P, baby. And yeah, I'm always you. here for you, man. If you need a guy to talk to, you know, if you just want to hug it out, if you want to go, yeah. you know, just stare at a sunset, whatever you need yeah. to do to get through it. I got you, man. Yeah, there's uh, there's nothing to be bad, nothing bad said about a virtual relationship, is there when you've got the webcams no. on? Nothing bad to be said about it at all. Uh, right. So um you can catch up with all the latest cheese content we've had this week at Arrowhead Pride. Com. You can check out iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and see what the other guys have been saying. Or you, you might have just decided, right, enough's enough and you're going to switch off for the rest of the week. But there are more shows to come. We've got the um, Coast to Coast show coming tomorrow. And then we've got, uh, obviously, Show and BK on Friday. In terms of off-season content, we don't actually know what's going to happen yet. The, uh, the off-season schedule will be released. We might be here back next week. We might not be, but um, I'm sure we'll notify you all through ourheadpride.com. So um, the last thing for me to say is, from one king into another, we'll speak to you again soon.